0: So I've gone through different seasons of my life uh, regarding my favorite types of ice cream. I don't know if you're this way, uh, but I remember when I was a kid, uh, I lived in a, a really cool neighborhood where we had something called the ice cream truck that drove through our neighborhood. You guys have the same, Can, will you raise your hand if you're fellow ice cream truck stalkers? Yes, good. Yeah, so we stalked them. Uh, we raided my mom and dad. So we, you, know, you always know where you, your mom and dad keep change and you always like find it. And when they say, what happened to my change? You always go, I don't know, uh, but we just found their change and went and got ice cream. But I always like the pushups. If you remember the push-ups from the ice cream truck, those are my favorites. You just eat it and you get orange all over you and you're coming in and it's like, mom, uh, you know, Eric, what do you have? I don't know, it just, it just happened. So, but but my favorite was that. And then when I swam competitively on a swim team, uh, we would always go to McDonald's after the swim meets and get their ice cream cones. And they were really good too. And that was always a lot of fun. 200 of us rolling up at McDonald's, freaking out the employees, <sighs> you know, all this kind of stuff. And we all wanted ice cream. And that, and that was a lot of fun. And then I discovered something called Dairy Queen. And besides Jesus, Dairy Queen is awesome, right? And so you would take that vanilla cone and put it down in the magic shell. Has anybody ever done this? And you eat the ice cream cone, it's got the hard, like the, the chocolate hardens up around the vanilla and it's like an experience. It's like you can chew the chocolate. It's, it's really good. I'm getting hungry right now, um, but it's really good. Then, then I discovered something called Chunky Monkey by Ben & Jerry's, uh, and unfortunately, it made me a chunky monkey, so I had to stop eating that. And then I kind of went through this phase where I liked ice cream sandwiches. How many of you like ice cream sandwiches? Yes, I love ice cream sandwiches. Carisha sent me to the store one time. She said, hey, I'm in the mood for an ice cream sandwich. I really like them. I come home with something called Fat Boys. And I don't know if you've ever seen these things, but they're fat. I mean, and they're awesome. And I brought them home to her and she's like, seriously? Like this is what you, so anyway, the next time I went back to the grocery store, I got skinny cows, brought those home. Uh, she, she liked those better. But I, I have to say through all the seasons and changes of uh, flavors of ice cream that I've experienced, I've landed on my new favorite and it's called Halo Top ice cream. Have y'all ever had this? Yes, right? There's some ambassadors for a halo top in the room. Uh, Y'all, this is amazing stuff. Because when I eat ice cream, I don't just like snack with it. And uh, like, in other words, if you ever came over to my house and we had a half gallon of ice cream in our freezer, you should never eat it. And I'll tell you why. Number one, because you can make people mad in the house. But number two, we've already eaten right out of the half gallon of ice cream. Like like germs are all in that thing. and so anyway, but what I love about Halo Top is you, you just eat the whole thing, like in one sitting and it's 320 calories. Is that not awesome? And I, they're not even paying me to say this. And uh, this is an amazing commercial for them. But I've gone through all kinds of different seasons of my life and the various ice creams that I enjoy. Uh, and there's been all kinds of transition. However, wouldn't it be nice that if the various seasons that we went through in life were as easy and simple as changing our favorite kind of ice cream. Wouldn't it be nice that the various seasons that we're gonna go through and the various places that God's gonna take us through, it would be awesome if it was as easy as changing our favorite flavor of ice cream. I want to talk with you, and this is our last message in this whole uh, series on seasons. And I want to talk with you about some of the some of the things that automatically bring new seasons to our life. They kind of throw us into new places. So, so the first is a career change. If you've got a career change all of a sudden, you're experiencing a new season in your life. You've got to get to know new people, new policies, new procedures, new new red tape, new this is how we do this here. Every organization has here's how we do this. And, and if you're in a new career, a new job, you've got to figure that out. And that's a new season for you. You've got to get to know new people, new experiences, new office demeanor, new what's acceptable, what's right, what's wrong. You got to know all that stuff. It's a new season. Next is technology. There is nothing that is changing faster than technology. And this is changing our lives so quickly. The new iPhone 10's has already come out. Anybody got one? Okay, nobody's got one. So, but I, technology is changing fast, right? So you you can even see when you watch the commercials how quickly this technology is changing our life. Just just for example, I now when Chris and I go see a movie, I've got this app called Fandango. I can go into this app, purchase tickets at whatever theater that I request, choose the seat that I want, it hits my car my credit card or debit card, whatever, and all I do is walk up to the person at the movie, she scans my phone and we walk in. That's it. Like technology has changed so much. For in, in the ministry world that I live in as well, um, just this past group experience, I had nine guys. I was in a small group with nine guys and we were all sitting in our own homes. How do we do that? So we do this new thing called video conferencing now where I can open up my Mac computer and I can I can get everybody on a video call and I can look at everybody on my screen and we can talk about what it means to follow Jesus. We can talk about Pastor Jonathan's latest message. We can talk about what's going on in our lives on a computer. Technology is changing so fast. And I'm sure there are parts of your world and your everyday life where you're feeling the effects of this. Some other things that throw us into a new season and. Are a family. Some of you, your your children are getting older, and that's pushing you into a new area. That's pushing you to have to think about things for their future you haven't had to think about yet, right? I remember the biggest transition for us is when our kids went from fifth to sixth grade. <gasps> oh no! What are our kids going to hear now? It's like we've been trying to shelter them to some degree. It's all it's like, woo! The gates open. They hear everything, right? You know, family. You know, for some of you, you're taking care of your parents. It's a new season for you. It's a new season for them. For some of us, we're parenting, right? And and Chris and I have long talked that our goal in parenting is is to raise mature, independent kids who love God. That is our goal. They've got to be mature and they've got to be independent who love God. That's our goal. But what we've noticed is when our kids were 5 and 15 and now 21 and 18, our approach to parenting has changed. It's changed. The goal still remains the same. But our approach to how we're relating to our children is changing. And we're often into new seasons now at 18 and 21 that we were not in at 17 and 13 or wh- whatever the case may be. It's a new season. We have to think about different things. And, of- and oftentimes that feels like a little, whoa, man, this is a lot to think about. So parenting's a big deal. The next one, <clears throat> spiritual. For some of us, we've made new spiritual decisions this year. Some of you have been baptized this year. Some of you have received Christ this year. Some of you have taken a new step of obedience this year. Some of you have gotten married this year. Some of you have gotten divorced this year. Some of you have sought counseling this year. Some of you are in new places in your life based upon spiritual decisions that you've made with God. And so you're now in a new season. This may feel like new for you because this is new for you. Uh, for, for some of you, you're now attending church regularly where that was, that's never been the case. For you, it, it, this is a new season and you're actually kind of enjoying it. And you're wishing, hey, what have I been missing out on for all these years? Yeah, this is a new season. Where God may be trying to get your attention and bring, bringing you back to Him. And then finally, some, some of us are going through a health season where things are, are not so good, we're not feeling so good. Or, if, or there's challenges going on with our body that we don't understand and, we, and we're we trying to get help. And for some of us, you're in a great place. Man, you're feeling great about yourself. You're getting traction. You're knocking out goals that you've always wanted to crush and you're feeling really good. Either way, we're all going through a season. A very good friend of mine this past summer, I graduated high school in 1990 and uh, I, I hadn't talked to my friend Mike in 27 years. And so he and I were like, man, wouldn't it be cool to get our wives together? I mean, he and I played football together. We, you know, went on double dates together. We got into trouble together. You know, it was all, it was that kind of a friendship. You know, you just lose touch when you graduate. And uh, we're like, man, let's get our wives together and do dinner in Charleston, South Carolina and just make a connection. And we did. And it was so cool. But being down there, made me very much aware of some health challenges that he's got that are affecting him and his family in some major kind of ways. And so it just, uh, all these things, if you look at them, they can create just kind of a sense of whiplash with the amount of change that they can create in our life. Well, here's why I think you should listen. Here's what change does. Change disrupts the stability that we feel. Change disrupts the stability that we feel. Now, there are changes that that have to come into your life, or will come, or whether we like them or not, that we get frustrated with because they disrupt our stability that we feel. There are changes that God wants us to make, changes that our family may want us to make, changes that that we know we need to make, but unfortunately, we get kind of frustrated because we don't really want to make them because they disrupt our stability that we feel. And sometimes we feel fear, Because sometimes if we're going into a new situation where we've never been, or maybe it's a new job, maybe it's a new relationship, and we we walk into that change, sometimes we feel very ill-equipped, and we don't feel confident. And because we don't feel confident and equipped, we decide not to make the change because we don't want to feel unstable. And see, see how that works? There's, there's, a, there's a sense of loss of control going into a new season of our life. And sometimes we'll just hold on and we will white knuckle the situation of wherever we are just so we can stay still and not feel this whole disruption of stability because we're so afraid of this. I think that uh, I was on the way to work the other day and I took a picture as I was driving uh, and, and, and I feel like this explains how we often feel during seasons of high change. Uh, this is a fog, right? It's not okay to text and drive, but it's okay to take pictures and drive. <laughs> so, uh, so as I was driving down the road, I'm like, I gotta snap this. Um, but this is what often feels like when we're going through changes. It's like, uh, you know, 100 yards before this, it was fine. It was clear. I was having no problem, just kind of cruising along, 45, 50 miles an hour. But then all of a sudden, I hit this fog. And then what happens when you hit fog? You got to slow down. You got to make sure your low beams are on. You got to tell everybody in the car, shh, <laughs> right? Right, y'all need to hush. I, I, I need to concentrate, right? You're, you're looking for the lines to stay between because, because it's, very, it's very important that you be very clear in times of change. Because if not, you could end off the road or you could end up in oncoming traffic. So you have to be very, when fog hits, you've got to go slow. You can't be just carelessly just flying through that. Or you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else. So oftentimes when change hits us like this, out of nowhere, when the road at one, at one point seemed very clear and very visible, sometimes in life, a fog will just descend on our situation. And we don't know why. But, but what I do know is that in those times, we have to slow down. We have to watch where the guardrails are. Where's the boundaries? We have to go a little bit slower. And we have to be a little more careful because change has now ad- adjusted things, right? It's, it's, it's caused us to adjust how we respond to it. So knowing that things are constantly going to change knowing that things are constantly going to change, what would God say to us that doesn't change? If you're watching from Jamestown, Oak Ridge, you're watching online, what would God say to us that doesn't change? Well, I love what the apostle Paul wrote in in Hebrews chapter 13. And what I love about this verse is this verse settles me. It settles my heart, It, it comforts me. Um, and so I'm going to read this verse to you because I feel like it speaks to, uh, to the season, uh, to the seasons that we experience as a person. Jesus Christ is the same, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What I love about this is that Jesus transcends the season that we're in. Jesus transcends the season that you and I are in. Does he know our season? Yes. Does he feel our season? Yes. But is he above and bigger than our season? Yes. And thank God for that. So what I love about this verse, here's what I think this verse means. There are three things that I think help us when it comes to understanding what what Paul wants us to learn here. Number one, Jesus' character doesn't change. His character doesn't change. Who he is does not change. What I love about God, what I love, love, love about God, and there are so many things about him, but one of the things I love about him is he is extremely, I, I'm getting ready to say the word. You probably never thought about God in this, in this way before, but here's what I love about him. He is extremely predictable. He's predictable. And that's a great thing. How frustrating is it? I, I just want you to think about somebody in your life that you are constantly not sure how to approach because you don't know if they're going to be happy or sad. Are you thinking of that person in your life right now? Think of a person in your life where you, you have to talk to them on, on, on occasion But it frustrates you because you don't know if they're going to be high or low, angry, sad, crying, tears, mad, throwing stuff, happy, elated, throwing parties. You don't know how you're going to catch them based upon the day, right? God is never like that. God is extremely predictable. And especially as a parent, hey, hey, parents, we need to be extremely predictable in how we parent our children. They need, to never, they need to never guess how we're going to respond to various things. They need to know that we love them, and, and we are going to care for them, and yes, we're going to discipline them, but we want to see them be successful. We need to be predictable. If you're a leader, if you manage people, and your day job, if you influence others, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to people is you are very predictable. When people have to wonder how you're going to respond, how you're going to think, how you're going to react. Oh, they're going to blow up or they're going to get mad or they're going to, you know, that, that just puts people on edge and people don't do their best work when they're on edge. So one of the things I love about God is he, his character. He, it doesn't change. Number two, his purpose doesn't change. His purpose is to always make us like Jesus. His purpose is so that we'll have prevailing faith. In other words, his purpose is that we will grow to maturity, to maturity. His purpose doesn't change. Plans change. Plans change. Purpose doesn't. And because of oftentimes our decisions and what we may do and mistakes that we may make and sin that we may do and obedience that we don't follow up with, it can, it can force him to have to adjust and tweak plans along the way. But those plans are eventually going to lead to the purpose of what he ultimately wants for us. And that's maturity in Jesus. And finally, his love doesn't change. Who he cares for will never, ever change. Have you ever ever thought to yourself this phrase? How could God still love me when I, and you fill in the blank. Have you ever thought that phrase? How could God still love me since I've done this? I said that. I did this. I've thought that too. And what I love about our heavenly father is that in his word, and this this hit me as I was on my way in this morning on the road, I I was thinking about that principle. And he said, in his word, God says, I will never disown myself. And when you're a Christ follower, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, God is living in you and God will never disown himself. So he will never remove his love from you. It is always there. And because God loves you so much and his love doesn't change, I want to go back to something Pastor Jonathan has been talking about this whole series. There is a reason for the season that you're in. Because God loves you so much, there is a reason for the season that you're in. The question is, do you know the reason? for the season that you're in. And sometimes you won't know the the reason for another one, two, three, four years. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's 10 months. And sometimes it's 10 years. But there's a reason for the season that you're in. There's a reason for the season that you're in. Why is all this important? Why is all this important? Here's why I think this is all, this is important, whether you are a Christian or not. Here's the the case for why I think following Jesus is the best kind of life that anyone could ever have because of this reality right here. It gives us peace of mind. Knowing that God's character doesn't change, his purpose doesn't change, and his love doesn't change, it allows me to have peace of mind. about five years ago, uh, I'm not really into like fishing and outdoor stuff. I'm more into like sports and competitive things. And, uh, but I really wanted to take my boys fishing out in the ocean. And so I, my brother-in-law had a boat, and I'm like, man, I really want to take my boys out. We've never done this before. I want to share this experience with them. You're going to have to help me because I'm kind of new at all this stuff. And, you know, so anyway, we had a great time. So we, we get in the boat, we go out. All of a sudden, one of the things I recognize right out of the gate is how rough it is on our way out into the ocean. And so we're getting hammered, not like in a, uh, a bad way, but but we're we're... <laughs> we're, we're getting hammered by these waves and these waves are just pounding us. And we are already soaking wet by the time we're, you know, a hundred yards out into, you know, trying to get out into the water. And so we get out there and, uh, Mark said, Hey, about, about, uh, about now is where we need to, you know, put the hooks down and, and let's see what we can catch. And, so we're out there, and I'm, like, trying to, like, bait my hook, and all of a sudden, I mean, we're just doing this. I mean, you know, when you're on a boat, and you're, you're out in the water, and you're trying to bait a hook, and all of a sudden, you're, you know, waves are, and you're rocking, and all of a sudden, what starts happening? Right? right? You start feeling sick. And I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm, like, I'm not doing good. Hudson Mitchell looking at me like, come on, dad, man up. Come on, man. You know, all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, I'm trying, I'm trying. So then, then I remember this voice of wisdom said, Eric, when you get sick, look at the horizon. All of a sudden I looked up at the horizon and was like, ah. you know, it was like, oh, you know, I was looking I was like, just steady, straight line. I'm looking and I just kind of took a deep breath i like, okay, all right, feel better, feel better, okay. All right, now I can go back to this. Now I can go back to this. And it taught me a very important lesson. Jesus is our stabilizer. Life feels like this so much, but Jesus is our stabilizer. And when things are changing so much and they're, and they're haywire, you and I look for, what's, for what we know, for what doesn't change. When I went to Seattle back in... Um, uh, in in the summer, um, one of the things I immediately looked for was where's the closest Starbucks. Of course, it didn't, find, <laughs> it didn't take long to find one there. But I went. This is going to remind me of home. It smells just like the, the Starbucks that I visit a, at home. I drink my same Pike coffee, my tall Pike that I drink at home. It reminds me of home. When we get into situations when we're not when we're out of our element, not sure what to do, we kind of go for what we know. And Jesus is our stabilizer. I think about uh, the amount of change that the disciples experienced, okay? Think about the amount of change that that the disciples experienced when Jesus was with them for his last days. Listen to this. So Jesus is, uh, he's with them and, and he's teaching, right? Then he gets arrested. Then he gets crucified. Then he dies. Then he gets buried and then he rises again. And then he appears to his disciples. And then um, the Holy Spirit comes from heaven and equips those disciples to be God's representatives on earth. Uh, They become apostles at that point because apostle means sent forth. So at that point, they become apostles. Peter preaches this message and 3,000 people get added to the 120 disciples at that time. And then they appoint new leaders in the church. And then they go around the Mediterranean realm trying to reach people for Christ. All that happened in about a two to three month period. Let me tell you what that would feel like for the Summit Church. On a given weekend, we have 3,500 to 4,000 people uh, who experience our services. It would be... Let's see, now's the end of November, end of December, end of January, end of February. The end of February, we had 87,500 people in our church. That's what that would feel like. It's the largest college football stadium you can imagine filled to capacity. That's, that would be the size of our church. That's what the disciples experienced. That's the magnitude of change. They went from 120 to 3000 people overnight, overnight. And what was the stabilizing factor for them? It was Jesus, it was Jesus. So I wanna leave you with the plan to help equip you for the seasons that God is going to put you in in your life. This has been very helpful for me I use this personally. Uh, I'm not trying to give you something that I hope will work for you. And I hope, no, no, no. This is something that I use personally. And I hope that it can help you. Uh, Feel free to take a picture of it when it's all up on the screen because you can use this. But when I find myself in a season where I'm trying to adjust to that new season and trying to make changes and trying to figure out, God, what do you want me to do in this season of my life? here's the plan that I use. And what I call this is this is how God equips me for change. Okay. So I'm kind of a nerd and I like acrostics because I can't remember nothing. Right. Uh, So I have to put things and phrases and ways in acrostics so my brain can remember them. So How can God equip us for the changes that he wants to make in our life? So the first letter of the word equip that that will equip us for these changes is E. So the first thing we need to do is we need to enlist help. We need to ask God for help for this relationship. We need to ask God for help for this season of life. We need to ask God for help with school. We need to ask God for his help with my family that I can't get along with. We need to ask God for help with whatever that situation is. And then what we need to do is we need to find other people who've been in this season. And we need to ask them, hey, how did you maneuver that season? What did you learn about yourself and about God in that season? What would you tell me in this season? I'm a college student right now, and I'm trying to figure out who God wants me to spend my life with. What advice would you give me? I've learned that people will tell you whatever you want to know out of them if you just ask them a good question. So enlist help. Talk to God and talk to other people that that you respect that, that feel like you know they, they they know what they're doing and ask them for advice. Enlist help. Q is qualify the goal. So when you're in a you're when you're in this season of your life that you're not sure what to do. Uh, And maybe you have young children or something, you know, or you're in school and, or you're, you're having to work a second job and you're trying to figure out, you know, whatever, qualify the goal. Now, I remember when I was, um, when I was younger and I heard people talk about parenting and I thought I knew all the answers. This is before I had kids. And I was an expert on parenting. Um, and so th- then I became one. And then I realized that I didn't know anything. But uh, I remember listening to the radio one day. And I remember hearing a guy named Jim Dobson go, hey, my goal for, for, for getting through the years of when I had teenagers was just to get through it. I remember going, man, that is so lame. That's so weak. Man, I want to have greater vision than just get through it. And then I had teenagers. <laughs> And me and Jim sound pretty good. Uh, I like his idea. So, hey, so listen, qualify the goal. What is success for this season of my life? Define it. What is success as a college student? What's success for me right now? As I'm single and I'm trying to figure out what God wants for my life, what's success? As I'm looking for a job. And I'm trying to figure out what God wants for me. What is success? So enlist, help, qualify the goal. You understand the facts. Do you, do you remember when you were a kid and you would take, you would take uh, quizzes and lessons with a number two pencil and you'd write too much stuff and you're like, no, that's wrong. I don't like that. You turn it over, get that eraser out and you'd, you know, you'd erase and you'd get it all down. And then, and then what'd you do? You hold your paper up and then you went, right? And then you blow it on a friend. They're like, what are you doing? Right. No, you blow all that stuff away so that you can see what's actually on your paper. Emotions blur facts, y'all. Our emotions blur the facts. When you're trying to think for what you need to do in a certain relationship, look at the facts apart from the emotion and make decisions based on facts and then deal with the emotion of the situation later. But don't combine them. Because our decision making process gets really bogged down in that. So, we need to understand the facts of the season that we're in so that we can make the best decision. And then, I, this is intentional health. And this is gonna, this has been one of my biggest challenges all my life. I, no doubt this has been one of my biggest challenges. But 90%, according to the Center of Disease Control, 90% of doctor visits are stress related. Knowing that, how many of us are eating right, exercising, and getting enough sleep? Listen, God's will for you is directly related to how healthy you can be. If you are not taking care of yourself, if I'm not taking care of myself, we will short-circuit what God is able to do with us. And that's hard for me to hear. So we've got to take better care of ourselves, whether that's exercising, the best antidepressant medicine there is. So take care of yourself. When you're going through stress, the best thing you can do for your body is take care of it so that it can you can equip it to deal with that. And P, last one, is pay attention to the tension. Pay attention to the tension. Here's what I always know about God in all my life. I've always felt this. When I'm I'm in tension, God generally is trying to get my attention. When I'm in tension, God is generally trying to get my attention. Feel free to take a picture of this. Feel free to copy that equip word down and think about it, but I want you to have a plan for when you find yourself in a season of your life of how am I going to get through this? What can I do to equip myself? And for some of you, when it comes to enlisting help, some of you is, you know what, today's the day. I really need to cross the line of faith. I need to ask Jesus in my heart and I I wanna start following him today. For others of you, you've been kind of doing life alone. And it's time to start reaching out to some people who can help kind of show you where the rocks are and give you some helpful Christian advice because they love you and they care for you. And you need to start listening, right? You need to qualify the goal for this season in your life. Is our goal to get out of debt? Is our goal to, hey, this is where our family needs to be in six months? Is our goal to, this is the kind of girl that I really feel like I need to be dating But unfortunately, I haven't been listening to God about that. But I need to now. Is is the you know I mean whatever that goal is for you, what is success for this season? Understand the facts. What are the facts of the situation? And get try to get the emotion out. Ask for feedback. Intentional health. What do you need to be doing about this? And are you paying attention to the tension that is inside of you? The reason that the tension is there is for a purpose. And our prayer is that throughout this whole season series, that whatever that tension could be, that you will listen to God, pay attention to what you feel like God wants you to know, and have a plan to move forward within the tension. Because that's what helps us become mature in our faith. So, I want you to bow your hip, I wanna pray for you, and I wanna ask God to help you during the season of your life. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my friends that are watching online and at each of our locations. And Lord, I pray for all of us that some of us are in amazing seasons of our life right now, and they're just so much fun. And we are just enjoying them, and they're a little more relaxing and less stressful than others. Others in this room, Lord, are in very challenging and difficult seasons where they're making pivotal decisions that are affecting the next 15 years of their life. Lord, I pray that everyone across our locations would enlist help, would reach out to you for help and reach out to others that love you for advice. I pray that we would all qualify the goal and try to figure out what is success for us in this season. It could be small, it could be big, it just needs to be clear. Lord, help us to understand the facts and not confuse emotion and fear with the facts. Help us to put more uh, credence to and trust in what you say than our emotions. Help us to practice intentional health, Lord. This is probably the biggest one that I struggle with personally. Help us to practice intentional health so that we can maximize our years on earth for your will and to serve you. And God, help us to pay attention to the tension. The reason that the tension is there is because you're trying to get our attention. Help us to follow Jesus. Help us to do the next thing. Take the next right step in the direction you want us to go in this season of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.